0: Our Heavenly Father, our Almighty and Living God, we are thankful, Father, for the opportunity you've given us to open up your book, the words of eternal life that draw us close to you, that make us more like Jesus, that lead to your wonderful gift of salvation. I pray, Father, that you will continue to bless these studies about your great servant. Your special ambassador, the Apostle Paul, and the impact he made on this world. Help us, Father, continue to study intensely and make practical application and to learn the things you want us to learn about the work of your servant. Thank you for his story that is preserved for us in the scriptures. I pray, Father, that you will bless this study, that you will bless your people, that you will be with the sick and the grieving, the shut-ins, the discouraged, all of those, Father, who are in need of your special comfort. Bless them, Father. Bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Thank you for tuning in to a, another Bible class video. We are studying the Apostle Paul. We are engaged in a series, a 10-part series called Paul's Preaching. We're studying about the life and the work of the great apostle Paul. Now, in our last study, we considered primarily Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. Go ahead and go in your Bible to Acts chapter 9. We're going to pick up with our Bible study in Acts chapter 9. If you remember, in Acts chapter 9, we learned about the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. We learn that while traveling to Damascus in an effort to persecute Christians, Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus road saw and spoke to the risen Savior. He saw and spoke to Jesus. He saw and spoke to the one in whom he was persecuting. That is, he was persecuting the Lord's people. Saul saw and spoke to Jesus on the Damascus road. And after that, he was blinded and he was taken into the city by those he was traveling with. And after spending three days fasting and praying, and after hearing further instructions by a disciple named Ananias, the scripture says, as Saul arose and he was baptized. We learned that in Acts 9 and verse 18. We learned that in Acts 22 and verse 16. and Acts 22 and verse 16, Ananias told Saul, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, having your sins washed away, calling on the name of the Lord. You see, by the end of verse number 19 in Acts chapter 9, Saul has been transformed from a persecutor of the church to a disciple. He has been converted by the gospel. He has been converted by Jesus. He is now no longer an enemy of the cross. Instead, he is an advocate of the cross. He has gone from a persecutor to a disciple. He's now part of the Lord's kingdom, the very kingdom that he at one time opposed. In fact, not only did he transform from being a persecutor to a Christian, but he also transformed from being a persecutor to a preacher. A persecutor to a preacher. In this particular video, I wanna talk with you about Saul's preaching. I wanna talk with you about his early ministry. Are you in Acts chapter nine? Let's pick up with the middle part of verse 19, okay? Acts chapter nine, the middle part of verse 19. I'm reading from the New American Standard Translation. The Bible says that after Saul took food and was strengthened, after he regained his sight and after he was baptized, now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem Destroyed all or destroyed those, I'm sorry, who called on this name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest. But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. When many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day by day and night, so that they might put him to death. But when the disciples took him by the hand and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. When he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him. And he brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were attempting to put him to death. But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea. And sent him away to Tarsus. So the church throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. I want you to ponder on those verses for just a few seconds. I want you to notice notice how after Saul was converted after he repented of his sins and after he was baptized for the purpose of having his sins washed away so he could call on the name of the Lord, these verses tell us that Saul immediately, he immediately began proclaiming Jesus. He immediately began going to the Jews in Damascus and telling them that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the very son of God. Keep in mind that the original reason why Saul was making his way to Damascus was so he could persecute Christians. It was so he could assault Christians. It was so that he could throw Christians in jail. He wanted to bind them up and bring them back to Jerusalem. That was Saul's original intent when First, making his way to Damascus, but now that he's become a Christian, he's not attempting to persecute Christians. Instead, he is working with Christians. He is preaching the gospel. He is preaching the truth about the Lord that he at one time opposed. Saul, after becoming a Christian, after being baptized, the Bible says immediately And I really want to highlight that word immediately. He wasted no time. He immediately began proclaiming salvation found in Jesus Christ. And what he did totally shocked and confused the Jews who were in Damascus. The Jews in Damascus were shocked and confused by Paul's preaching. Going back to the text in verse number 21, it says, All of those hearing him continue to be amazed and were saying, is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on this name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests?" In other words, these people couldn't believe it. this was the same man. I mean, is, is is this really Saul of Tarsus? Does he have a twin brother or something? This can't be the same guy who at one time opposed Christianity. He asked permission from the high priest to bind, to bind Christians and, and bring them to Jerusalem. This can't be the same man. This man who was the number one enemy of the cross, he's now preaching the cross? He's now preaching about salvation found in Jesus Christ? The Jews in Damascus were totally shocked and confused by Paul's preaching or Saul's preaching. They couldn't believe that this was the same man. They were scratching their heads, but the Bible says Saul kept increasing in strength, and he confounded the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving, he proved that Jesus is the Christ. Notice how just like he was in Judaism, Saul as a Christian is also very zealous. He was zealous about the law of Moses when he was taking on Judaism, when Judaism was his religion. He was very zealous about his religion. He was very zealous about the law of Moses, but now he is taking that same zeal in another direction. Now he's a zealous disciple. He's zealous as a disciple. He's passionate about this message concerning Jesus Christ. I submit that the only way this man could have transformed in the way that he did was because he had to have seen the risen Savior. He had to have really seen Jesus raised from the dead. Because this man saw Jesus raised from the dead, he has gone from being a passionate advocate of the law of Moses to now being a passionate advocate advocate of the gospel. His transformation can only be explained by considering the fact that he had to have seen, really seen the risen Savior. He is zealous about the gospel. In fact, he is so zealous about the gospel that the scripture says that when many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. Translation, these Jews that he was at one one time in allegiance with because, like them, he wanted to, to destroy the Christian cause. These Jews have now gone from his friends to people who want to kill him. Since he no longer agrees with what they promote, since he is no longer in allegiance with them, they now want to do the same thing to him that he wanted to do to Christians before he was converted. They don't like his preaching. He's now become a problem for them. Since he's not with them, he's against them. And they want to do away with him. They want to kill him. And they are so determined to kill him that in verse number 25 of the chapter it says that they were watching the gates, the gates of Damascus, day and night, so that they may so put him to death. They waited at the gate. They had people set up at the gates to make sure that if he ever tried to leave the city, they would be able to take hold of him and kill him. 24-7, they were watching the gates so that they could take hold of Saul. But if you look at the text very carefully, before telling us that they were watching the gates day and night, so they might put him to death, it says that some kind of way their plot became known to Saul. Providentially, Saul became aware of what they were trying to do. And so when he became aware of this, the disciples in Damascus, they took care of him. The Bible says that the disciples in Damascus actually took him by night and they let him down through an opening in the wall lowering him through the wall in a large basket. The disciples in Damascus helped Saul escape the city. They helped save Saul's life. And then in verse 26 it says that after Saul was able to escape Damascus, eventually he made his way to Jerusalem. He made his way to the city where the apostles were, and he began associating with the apostles and the disciples who were there. Now, that right there is a summary of what happened to Saul right after he became a Christian. Acts 9, verses 23 to verse number 26, or really going back to verse 20, I'm sorry. Acts 9, verses 20 through 26 really kind of summarized what happened to Saul right after he was converted. But I want to submit to you now that even though that is a good summary that Luke gives us, there are some other things that we need to consider that happened at this time. There are some other things that we need to really talk about to fill in some gaps. There were some other things beyond these things that happened to Saul right after he was converted. And so I want to talk with you about that right now. I want to just fill in a few gaps. I want to talk with you for the next few minutes about what, what occurred between the time Saul was first converted until the time when he, when he initially made his way to Jerusalem to associate with the disciples there. Let me give you a few things to think about concerning what happened during this time. Let's fill in, let's fill in some gaps. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Paul says this as he wrote to the Galatian brethren. He says, but when God, who has set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I may preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. He didn't consult with the apostles. He didn't go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia, notice. I went to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Notice how Paul is filling in some gaps pertaining to what we read in Acts chapter 9. In fact, going back to Acts chapter 9, again, in verses 23 through 25, notice how Luke even alludes that there's more to the story. When he says, when many days had elapsed, when many days had elapsed after Saul's conversion, the Jews plotted together to do away with him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they may put him to death. But the disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in in a large basket. Look at what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 32 through 33. There's Paul says that in Damascus, the ethnarch under Aretas, the king, Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascus or the Massines in order to seize me. And I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and so escaped his hands. Notice how we have some additional information in these verses. It's not really told to us going back to Acts 9. So let's let's fill in some gaps here. Filling in the gaps of Acts chapter 9. First notice that according to Saul, three years passed, three years passed from his conversion to his trip to Jerusalem. Three years passed from his conversion to his trip to Jerusalem to meet the apostles for the first time. Acts 9 verse 23 says that these three years are many days. These three years of Galatians 1 and verse 18 are the many days of Acts 9 and verse number 23. During this time, during these three years, Paul says he stayed in Arabia. Where exactly was he in Arabia. Well, we don't know, but we do know that he was somewhere in Arabia. Three years after being converted, he spent time in Arabia. While in Arabia, he was able to be taught by the Lord, and he was able to prepare for the special work that would be given to him as an apostle. Upon his return to Damascus, he comes back to Damascus after spending three years in Arabia, and once he comes back to that city of his conversion... The Jews began persecuting and plotting to kill him. They began trying to take his life. In fact, they were so intent on doing this that the scripture says they enlisted the help of the governor and guarding the gates around the clock. They wanted to make sure that he didn't leave the city, and if it wasn't for the help of the disciples in Damascus, Saul's ministry would have ended prematurely. He would have been executed. We never would have known of him as the great Apostle Paul. God providentially through his people saved Saul's life. He was able to escape Damascus, and after escaping Damascus, he then was able to make his way to Jerusalem. He made his way to Jerusalem, and then when you pick up in Acts 9 and verse 26, it says that when he got to Jerusalem... He began trying to associate with the disciples there. He began trying to join, some of your translations say, join. Be part of the church that was in Jerusalem, but he was initially denied fellowship. The Bible says that the disciples in Jerusalem didn't believe that he was an authentic disciple. They thought maybe he was just you know, trying to infiltrate the church, coming in as a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. They didn't believe that he was genuine because they knew about his reputation. They knew that this was a man who was known for persecuting Christians. He was the number one enemy of the church, and now he's trying to come here to Jerusalem where we've been heavily persecuted, and now he's trying to join with us They didn't believe that he was an authentic disciple, and you really can't blame them when you think about Saul's reputation prior to being converted. You see, this is an interesting text because it shows us that a local church can deny fellowship. While when a person is baptized for the remission of their sins, the Lord adds them to the universal church of Christ. When they then try to join to a local church, they can be denied fellowship. This church in Jerusalem, because they are unable to read the hearts of men like God can, they denied Saul fellowship into their group. And then this is where Barnabas comes into play. While Saul was initially denied fellowship with the church in Jerusalem, Barnabas, who was part of that church, he stood up and, and defended him. He vouched for him. He told the apostles that, hey, this guy's the real deal. I know he's got a bad reputation, but but he's been truly converted. I know this. This man, this man is an authentic disciple. I have seen him standing for the truth. I have seen him preaching the gospel. I have seen him promoting the very message that he at one time opposed. He wouldn't do that if he wasn't an authentic disciple now. Barnabas defended Saul. And I I just want to say that Barnabas, as you continue, or when we start reading Acts, as you continue making your way through that book or when you make your way through that book, I want you to pay attention to what Luke tells us about Barnabas. Barnabas was a good man. He is a key character in the book of Acts. He is someone who according to Acts chapter 4 was a wealthy disciple and he was also very generous. He actually sold some property that he possessed. He sold it and gave all of the money from the proceeds to help the needy Christians who were in Jerusalem. He was a very generous man. He helped needy saints out of his own pocket. He also defended Saul of Tarsus here when nobody else would come to Saul's aid and vouch for him, Barnabas did. Barnabas would also be a part, take a, play a huge role or play a huge part in encouraging the Gentile Christians in Antioch. That's the church where they were first called Christians in Antioch, Acts chapter 11. Barnabas was part of that work. He also traveled many places with the Apostle Paul preaching the gospel he also would later vouch for John Mark. He, when Paul was upset with Mark because Mark forsook them on their first preaching journey, Barnabas would give Mark another chance. He would actually travel with Mark back to Cyprus to preach the gospel. Pay attention to Barnabas in the book of Acts. He is a key part, a key contributor to the Acts story. He defends Paul in Jerusalem And his defense convinced the church there. It convinced the apostles to allow Saul into their fellowship. After Barnabas, a trustworthy man vouched for him. Saul was allowed into fellowship with the church there. And the Bible says that he began working with the brethren in Jerusalem. Verse 28 says that he was with them, the church in Jerusalem, moving about freely, speaking out boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. In verse number 29 of that same chapter, it says that he was so zealous about the gospel that his arguing with Hellenistic Jews, that is, the Jews who had taken on Greek culture, that led to an attempt against his life, and he was forced to leave he was forced to leave Jerusalem. And so he was run out of Damascus because of his preaching, and now he's being run out of Jerusalem because of his preaching. Saul was very zealous. He was so zealous that he made a lot of people mad. He's now being forced out of Jerusalem. And so after traveling down to Caesarea, that is Caesarea Maritima, if you remember our studies on, on Jesus' walks, if you remember those studies, we talked about Caesarea Maritima. That is where Cornelius, the first Gentile convert, lived. After traveling to Caesarea, where there was a port built by Herod, Saul then sailed to Tarsus. He then went back to his hometown. Now, going back to the maps, remember, I'm big on geography. I'm big on making sure we know where places are on biblical maps. Notice how after being forced out of Jerusalem, Jerusalem's at the bottom of the map there. He goes down to Caesarea, and I say down because Jerusalem is elevated, and so even though Caesarea is technically to the north, you still go down to Caesarea. He leaves Jerusalem. He goes down to Caesarea where there's a port built by Herod, and he then travels to Tarsus. Tarsus is the circle at the top of the map there. He goes back to his hometown. He's forced out of Jerusalem. But even though he's forced out of Jerusalem, Acts 9:31 says this. The chapter concludes by saying, "So the church, the church throughout all, Gal- or all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, there's a church in Samaria now. They enjoy peace, being built up, and going on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase, and so we see that despite persecution." Despite the fact that many Jews, Hebrew native Hebrews and Hellenistic Jews, are hostile towards the gospel, the gospel is still prospering. Churches are growing. They're enjoying peace. They're being edified, built up in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And So that is a summary of Paul's early ministry according to what we find in Acts 9, Verses 20 through 31. But before we close this video, I do want to say some things to you about Saul's or Paul's apostleship. I think this is a good time right here to talk about Saul's calling to be an apostle like Peter and James and John and Bartholomew and Thomas. Like the 12, Saul was also called to be an apostle. So let's just make a few points about that right here as we talk about Saul's early ministry. First, I want us to understand that according to what Paul himself says in 1 Corinthians 15, and verse 8, he was called to be an apostle in due season. He says that he was untimely born as an apostle. What does that mean? Well, that means that he was called to be an apostle much later after the original 12, and even after Matthias in Acts 1 was called to be an apostle, he wasn't with the 12 during Jesus' three-year ministry. He wasn't with the 12 in Acts chapter 1, where they're waiting from, waiting for power from the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He wasn't with them then. He was made an apostle later. He was untimely born as an apostle. But even though he became an apostle much later, he was still qualified to be one because he saw the risen Savior. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8, Paul says that after Jesus appeared to the twelve and after Jesus appeared to his brother James, he also appeared to him. You see, to be an apostle, to qualify as an apostle, you had to have seen the risen Savior. You had to be able to testify personally that you saw Jesus raised from the dead. Paul, or Saul, met that qualification. He says Saul, or he says the Savior, I'm sorry, appeared to him in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 8. There in that verse, he's making reference to what happened in Acts 9. Now, another thing that qualified him as an apostle was not only did he see the risen Savior, but he was also handpicked by Jesus. Jesus picked Saul to be an apostle. He makes that point in Galatians chapter 1 and in verse number 1. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul begins that letter by saying, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and from God the Father who raised him from the dead. Notice how Paul begins this letter by making the point that Jesus, Jesus personally picked him to be an apostle. Jesus personally picked him to be a special ambassador. In fact, not only was he handpicked by Jesus to be an apostle, but when you look at verse number 12, we learn that he received direct revelation from Jesus. Galatians 1 and verse 12 says that when it came to the gospel that he preached, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Saul was picked by Jesus to be an apostle and he also received direct revelation from Jesus. And his apostleship, I think it's important that we point out, included a special ministry to the Gentiles. It included a special ministry to The people in the world who were not Jews. We see that in Acts chapter 9 and verse number 15. In Acts 9 and verse 15, Jesus told Ananias, I want you to go to Saul. He is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles. When you read about Saul's ministry in the book of Acts, you will see that many of the Gentiles who are converted in that book were converted by by Saul. They were converted by Paul. Paul clearly followed the pattern of Romans 1 and verse 16 when he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so Saul. Saul's apostleship included a special ministry to the Gentiles. And even though he was recognized as an authentic apostle by his fellow apostles, I think it's important that we understand that the legitimacy of his apostleship was often challenged by his enemies. It was often challenged by his critics. This is something that he spends a great deal of time talking about throughout the New Testament. A great example of this is 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In that chapter, we find Saul spending much of his time defending his apostleship. It seems that for many of The Jews especially, they didn't recognize him as an authentic apostle. And so he has to spend much of his time in the New Testament defending his apostle and and giving evidence that he was an authentic special ambassador, just like Peter and James and the rest of the apostles. And so where are we right now? Well, my dear friends... We have learned so far that after being converted by the Lord Jesus, Saul is preaching the gospel now. He's preaching the gospel to the Jews. He is promoting the very message that he at one time opposed. After preaching the gospel in Damascus, he then spent three years in Arabia, he then comes back to Damascus, and because of his preaching, he's forced out of the city. He eventually makes his way to Jerusalem, and because of his preaching there, he then has to go back home to Tarsus. Now, that's the end of Acts chapter 9, and we're not going to hear from Saul again in the book until we get to Acts chapter 11 and verse number 25. And so that's where we're going to pick up in our next video. In our next video, we're going to pick up what Acts 11 In verse number 25, and we're going to talk about Paul's first missionary journey. We're going to talk about Paul's first preaching journey as the Lord uses him to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. Make sure you get a copy of the outline. There are questions on those outlines. I hope they will help you as as we study these things. This is such an important study, and I appreciate you studying with me for the last few minutes. God bless you.